So we want to talk about about websites today and uh, and uh, website not just you know websites in general, but I want to we want to talk about how um, we outfit them to to sell for us, how to go from glorified gallery to sales machine is what I titled this because for a lot of photographers I you know that I've seen. When you go to the website, it, it's like, it, you know, lots of great pictures there, but it looks like it's been created for other photographers rather than for buyers, whoever that might be for you. Today, I want to talk about some ways to think about your website so that you can begin to enable some more, you know, your, your website to, to do some of the, the work for you if you are interested in you know, using it as, as a sales tool, which I'm guessing you are, because that's why we're here today. Welcome to Personal Branding with Lynn, a podcast for creatives launching your side hustle or second career. If you are a new creative business owner and you're struggling to find out how you can promote yourself authentically, find your ideal customers, and create a sales process that keeps customers in the pipeline, then you need a personal brand. That means if you own a business, you have a much better chance of winning people's trust if you bond with them first as a human being, and you do that by creating a personal brand. And that's the mission of this podcast. We will learn how to use a personal brand to help you launch and propel your creative business. Let's get started. Hello again, and welcome to the Personal Branding with Lynn podcast. My name is Linford Morton, but you can call me Lynn. And today I am talking to photographers. I'm talking to professional photographers specifically, working photographers, photographers who make a living with their camera and their creativity. And I'm talking to you today about your website and how you might use it to help bring in more business rather than just having it as a glorified gallery. Now, this is a a webinar I did a couple months ago, and I've gone back because I think there are a lot of good things in here that uh, you can, you might find useful. And I stripped out all of the the chit chat, the comments, the questions, and all the other things, so that I want you to get just the facts, just the stuff you need, the stuff you need to use. Uh, that's what will run for this week's episode. And then I have a a downloadable, which goes along with the topic, the the ten second checklist that you can you can download by going to ten secondchecklist com, and you can take away a checklist that you can use to check your own site and see how well it's working for you. All right, so that's what we have today. I'll talk to you right after this.
10 seconds. 10 seconds. That's all the time you have with your photography website to get my attention enough for me to stick around. For anyone to stick around. According to the Microsoft researchers, most users leave a web page within 10 seconds. But there's hope. Pages with a clear value proposition can hold people's attention for much longer. So to gain several minutes of users' attention, you must clearly communicate your value proposition within 10 seconds. Donald Miller in his book, Marketing Made Simple, says that within those 10 seconds, your website should answer three questions. What do you offer? How will it make your customer's life better? And what do you need to do to buy it? But that's just to get them to stop. Once you've held their attention, what should you be communicating next? Well, I have a checklist of the 10 items that your website needs for you to hold your potential customer's attention, clearly share your value proposition, and then begin the relationship building process. I share the 10 items in a short ebook slash checklist that you can use and check them off as you create your website, update your main page of your website, or just go back and review it to see if you are on track. Include all these items and you have a much better chance of turning a visitor into a customer. Miss the wrong one of these items and your website is no more than a leaky bucket. 10 seconds is all you have. Can you pass the test? You'll have to download the checklist to find out. Go to 10secondchecklist.com. 10secondchecklist.com and download the checklist for free. Just drop your name and email in and I'll send it right to you. But more importantly, you can put it to use to make sure that your website is not losing customers within those 10 seconds. headed today is really to talk about to talk about websites and I, I, I want to you know sort of go through um, a, a way to think about how you might um, think about building your websites or structuring it if you're looking to attract and convert potential clients you know what I like to think say think is that I have a 360 degree view of the topic we talk about today, because I've been in every seat in the creative buying and selling process. I have hired lots of photographers more. When I was a professional communicator, we hired photographers all the time for our marketing, for our uh, annual reports and for uh, just our events. And often it felt to me to go find the photographer. And then when I was at Canon, I think that's, you know, a, that was a good part of what I did was look for photographers to help teach and to help um, test the equipment and write about it. And, and, you know, our educational department leaned on the professional photographer community quite heavily to, to get our work done. So we were always on the lookout for 
photographers we could hire to help us um, with that effort. And so that that's what brings us here. And I'm wondering what like what's the 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 biggest challenge any of you who have websites have had with it in building it and using it in dealing with it. What kinds of challenges have you had getting people to the site, learning the tool, keeping it up to date, very time consuming, Carol said. And Linda, where to start? Interesting. So in in the email I sent out this morning, I, I talked about a guy named Paul. And of course, it's in quotes because we're not going to use his real name. But I, when I was at Canon, I, you know, I, as I said, we we look at a lot of photographers and we got pitched like constantly when we were on the show floor. You know, we got pitched all the time by photographers who wanted to work with us. And and so as we were vetting them, one of the things we would have to do is go to the website and see what they did. And I remember this guy named Paul who had, you know, great stuff. But when we went to his, to his website, we knew we'd never use him. And you might be wondering why. And we'll talk about that today. And where did he go wrong? How can we do better is sort of what I'd, I'd like to explore today. Because none of us want that for our websites. We don't want people to go there and go, oh, wow, they have, Lynn has great stuff, but he is he right for us? Because that's always the question. It's great stuff, but is it good? And then is it good for me and for what I want to do? And uh, that's where, you know, we have to, 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 be, to be there and to, to get into the mindset of the buyer, not the photographer. Remember I said, a lot of us set up our websites and for photographer, other photographers, what I like, because I know they're, I know the other photographers are going to be judging me. So I want to make sure I put up, you know, what other photographers will like. And who cares what other photographers think if the purpose of your website is to help you drive business, then you have to think like a buyer. You know, now it might be a hobby and it might just be there for you just to showcase your work. But that's not what I'm focusing on today. I'm focusing on the people who see their website as a tool of commerce and they you want to use it to attract buyers. Now, for many people, it is for photographing portraits. For some people, it is selling your your fine arts in, in lots of different ways of using your website. But. The website is there uh, primarily to, to attract and convert buyers. And that's what we'll talk about today. And the first question you've got to ask yourself is who is your buyer anyway? And uh, this is where you have to be specific about who it is you think will buy from you or who it is you want to buy from you. You know, because sometimes we have people who show up and do business with us and they aren't the kind of people we want to work with long term. You know, we'll do business with them, but. You know the kind of person, when you finish working, working with them, you said to yourself, I enjoyed working with that person. That person was fun. You know, I, I did my best work. They appreciated it, and they compensated me well for it. Have you anyone ever run into someone like that? Because when you think about your ideal client, that's the kind of person you're thinking about, someone who lets you do your best work someone you enjoy working with and it feeds your soul and where you can, you know, make enough to make it worth your while. And that's the person. And, and what I, what I say is when you figure out who that person is, that's the person you speak to from your website. So, you know, a lot of the marketing gurus will say, 
you create the ideal customer avatar and they say you give this person a name and you create who's this person, get to know them, and you create this fictitious person, you know, what the, what's their day like and, and what they do. And for me, that was too much work. But I like thinking about the stuff that's concrete. So I think about who did I enjoy working with the most and who would I like if I could get 10 more of that person, boy, that would be a success for me. And that person, when you are now building your site, when you are writing your site, you are talking specifically to that person. And, and you want to talk and speak and talk to them singularly like it's just them, um, because that will help you narrow in and get clarity and focus in your messaging <clears throat> to help you um, reach that person. So now let's flip it from the other side because this will help you understand how a lot of this will work. And this will be sort of the framework we'll use for the rest of our conversation. Remember the last time you went, you needed something, you found it on the website and you, or you found a provider for the website and you said, yes, this is the, my person and I'm going to do business with them. Think about that process and think about what brought you there, what kept you there and what made you that, what made you act what brought you there, what kept you there, and then what made you to act. Because this whole process is all really what boils down to what we call a sales funnel. You know, how do you get them there? How do you keep them there? How do you make them act? And act by making them act, sometimes it can be buying something. Sometimes it could be just giving me your contact information so I can follow up with you later. You know, whatever it is you want them to do when they come to your website, you know, how do you you know, how do you do that? And you know that when when you have been on the buying side where you have, you know, wanted something and then you found it and then you act and think about, you know, what the prompts were that helped you make that decision. So let's first talk about what brought you there. In marketing terms, we call this traffic, right? You gotta, you, you've gotta get eyeballs to your website, of course, to begin the selling process because at that point, it's a numbers game. The more people who are there, a fraction of them will like you, a fraction of them will purchase from you, right? And so, like Carol said, when, you want, when you're in Fine Art America, they do the work of bringing the traffic and doing all the sales, but you get a fraction of it, and that's, that's, a, good, that's a good tool also for that kind of work. But to really get the most out of your work, you've got to, you know, you bring them to your site where all of the sales are yours. You do the work of bringing them there, and then you get all of the you know, all the, the money you sit your own prices and whatever they buy for, you know, you have more upside. So traffic is what it, we call that, the, the work of bringing them to your website. And if you are thinking like, I need more traffic, some, here are some things you might ask or think about. I don't know if you guys know what search engine optimization is. It's a, a fancy term that say, is your website Google Googleable? You know, is, you know, when people put in their search terms looking for a photographer in, you know, Bowie, Maryland, what's the, what are the odds that you show up, you know, or fine arts, right? Fine arts, you know, what are the odds that you show up? And there are some things that you can do um, to make sure you show up. You want to make sure all of the, each page has um, name titles in the URL. So you see the top of your website, the URL when you create it, 
each of those names should be something that coincides with what people will be searching for. And Google looks at that. You have titles in your pages and uh, Google looks at that. So you want to make your title something you think people will be searching for. And then there is a space for you to put in keywords, which is, again, what people will be searching for. So you, you want to put all that information onto your website, um, what kind of photography you're doing and where you are if your business is location-based. All that stuff you will put in because when Google goes and someone comes looking for the kind of work you do, you want your website to be one of those that it considers a trustworthy site to, to show them. This is, uh, you know, how you would begin to uh, get people attracted. So when they are looking, how, how do you make your website one that would pop up and one that they might find? When a lot of us do our, our, most of our work on our social posts, but do they point back to your website? And you can do this in a number of ways, depending on the site you run. You put it in your profile. Um, you always want people to go back and you create a special, you want to make sure that you, that you go. And what I do is you have a special page, like you don't necessarily put them on the first page of your website, but you create a landing page just for your social that, you know, mine is lynnmorton.com slash hello. And that one is where I, you know, introduce myself again to anyone who might have found me there and give them the four or five things I want them to know about me and where I want them to click. So you point them back there and then, you know, that allows you to begin the relationship with them. So you, you don't want people just to go to your social media, interact with you there and then move on. Because when you are ready to, as you know, when you're trying to get people's attention in social media, you know, it's becoming more and more challenging because sites like Facebook and Instagram, they are making it harder and harder to for you to get to people because they don't show you your stuff. I know you, you all, if you all have been doing this, doing this for a while, you remember back in the days, you, if you put, if you had a Facebook business page and you put a post there, everyone who clicked like saw it, but that don't work like that anymore. Right? So Facebook doesn't show uh, just a lot of those, you know, posts to most people there. And, and, and if Facebook senses that this is the kind of post that where you're trying to sell something, they think, well, that that you know, that's something we want them to to buy advertising to show, and they they hide it. They don't show. You notice if you ever say, you know, click on this link to go here and buy something, like two people see it because Facebook says, no, that's the one I want you to buy advertising for. So I'm not going to show that one. And if there's just something where it's you know fun and lighthearted, and Facebook senses there's there's you know no no selling going on, that's the one more people see. So. The reason you want to get them to your website is because once they're there and you can, you know, extract some information from them, you can always go back to them and invite them back to your website because you can't trust that they'll come back on social and find you. You can't trust that they'll come back to your websites and find you. And and then you, you know, so you want to be able to, once you have them in your web, to be able to reach out and invite them back whenever you want to. So, it, so do your social posts point back to your website? The other thing is, you know, we can do a lot of outreach on our own to get people back to our website. It's not as hard as you think to get the media to cover you. I mean, 
for a long time, I worked as a media relations guy, and that's what I did was get media coverage. And so sometimes I, I don't even think about it, but you know, this is an easy way to get yourself attention. I did a podcast. For those of you who know, I do uh, my, a podcast called Personal Branding with Lynn. In episode 27, I talked about how you get media coverage. And then just to, to show that how, how simple it was, I did it for my wife for her her paint and sit business. I got her coverage in, in a local paper here, at, uh, the Gazette. Uh, got 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 them coverage, and it's actually this week's paper. So, you know, it's simple enough to do. So, if you listen to episode twenty-seven, you'll get, you know, what we did as professional communicators when we wanted to get um, into the media. Because again, that's another way to get people to your site. Networking in affinity groups. You know, these are. You know, we all are parts of communities where we are connected. People like us is what I, you know, what, what we call them. And it's usually the easiest way to begin to find people to work with you are people who are already in some circle of yours. And it could be networking in your church group. It could be some of your professional groups. It could be your local community. It could be, you know, anywhere where there is something where you overlap. You, you ever been to uh, a networking function and uh, you run into someone and after some chit chat, you find out you have something in common with them and you notice how the, the relationship goes up a notch right away when you start connecting. Like I, I saw so Linda says, hey, I'm for Baton Rouge. And I go, hey, I'm for Baton Rouge too. I went to Lehigh. She goes, I know Lehigh. And boom, there's a connection there. So you think about those groups where you have a connection. You know, one with Bowie. Um, I for the local community here. You know, as I start to make inroads with the people here, I got a I, I got a job the other day to photograph one of the the high school graduation parties, and I got it because I had done one of the proms last year, and they said, "Hey, you're you're a part of the community. We're going to hire you." People like us. Those are the kinds of things that help you get, um, you know, connections and keep people on your website. So you want to think about those groups for which you are members, for which you you have uh, some sort of constituency where people will connect with you and go, hey, that's this is one of us. And, you know, this is really what what, you know, the relationship building of marketing becomes to you know, you 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 find people with whom you can create a connection and then you work from there. And of course, you're creating regular engaging content. The stuff you share on social, the stuff you share about yourself, that kind of thing also brings people to your website because they see that and they want to, you know, they click through to either consume it or to find out more about you because you've created it. I don't know if you've ever are doing research for um, for something you're currently interested in buying and, you know, you're Googling for it and then a a couple you know, websites pop up and then you click through and there's my answer. You click through and you go, well, who is this? And you find, you know, the, the website to be one that also provides more of the kinds of things you're interested in. And this is what the, this is the role regularly engaging content can 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 play for you. And what you do for this, when I say engaging content, what, I, what you do is you think about the questions, the people who buy from you regularly ask and you create content around those answers. So um, 
I was looking at some personal branding photography the other day, and they had a, they did this very well. They talked about the kinds of things that people, their posts were, you know, how do we find a, a great site to do this? You know, what kinds of props should I bring? And they, they made posts about that, you know, or family photographers, you know, how do we get kids to, uh, you know, behave during my, my, my shoot? There's content around that. It, or um, if you're a fine art photographer, you know, how do I, um, you know, get prepare my art to hang in my home. You know, think about the kinds of things that people are thinking about and the kinds of questions that they want answered and create content around those answers because that's how you that's how you can use content to to find them and bring them to your site. So what brought them there in the traffic? It's the search engine. It's the social posts that bring them back there. It's your outreach work. It's your networking in with similar people. And then it's the content, right? So those are just some of the ways you can get people back to your site. But once they're there, you want to keep their attention. And how do you do that? Here's the thing. You have 10 seconds to do that. So there was a research group from Microsoft that found that you have 10 seconds to grab someone's attention and keep them there before they click away from your site and move on. And, and quite frankly, tw 10 seconds is probably generous. Um, a guy named Don Miller, who is a, a communicator who, who does the, the story brand communications framework, he, he invented what we call the caveman grunt test to further um, illustrate this 10 seconds. He talked about, you know, if a caveman looked at your website and only had 10 seconds to view it, could they answer, and you took it away, could they answer three questions? If And we can do that today with your website. You show it to someone who's never seen it before, you give them 10 seconds, you take it away, and then you, you see if they can answer three questions. What do you offer? How does it make my life better? And what do I need to do to buy it? Three questions that will be that they need to be able to answer at a glance to, to increase the chances that people will hang around and actually buy from you. And so it, it's funny because when uh, I was a freelance writer, one of my gigs was I used to do some ghostwriting for the International Franchise Association. And in that, for that gig, what, I, what we would do is feature one of the franchise companies every week and they'd, ha they'd post, they'd have that article in the USA Today. And so they would tell me the name of the company we want to feature, like let's say we want to do a Mako um, and uh, we want to do a, a, a feature on Mako. So then I'd have to go to the Mako's website, see what I could find there and then write an article that was engaging that, you know, get, had make, made people interested in wanting to, to buy Mako. And one of the biggest frustrations is, and you cannot believe on so many of these websites, I would click through to learn about them and struggle to find from their website, what do you do? Like basic questions, like what do you do? What do you offer? What can I buy from you? And some people just make you work to find that. How do I contact you? A lot of them, no, no, nothing on that. And so, you know, at a minimum, you want people, if you, if you want to do business, to be able to know what you offer, and not just what you offer. How does it make you? How does it make my life better? Because you know that's the next thing we we wonder. Like you know, what's in this for me? How does this help me? 
And then what do I need to do to buy it? And and so if it's photography, boom, how does it make my life better? Well, we preserve memories. I had a gig when I was um, photographing some uh, parents and, and newborns and you know, the, the mother, I was, I think I was trying to close the deal. The mother was like, I don't know if I want this or, you know, and then I said, you have, you know, when, when that kid is 18 and asks you where are my pictures of when I was, when I was a baby, what are you going to tell them? And, you know, it's little things like this, like, yeah, my kid is going to want to see these pictures at some point. I'm going to want to have a conversation about what you were like when you were a baby. I'm going to want to remember, or better yet, you're going to want to remember these days. These, these kids grow up so quickly. You're going to want to remember these days. Like, how does it make my life better? Man, it, it preserves these memories that, that I might take for granted now that will warm my heart in years to come. So, you know, think about why, you know, you know, you know why they would want it and how it would make their lives better. Or better yet, why were they looking for that in the first place? What problem were they trying to solve? You know, I, I, I have a, a gig this weekend to, to photograph um, a, a graduate and his family. And what problem are they trying to solve? They know that, you know, years from now, they'll want something to remember, you know, the fact that he graduated. And so the problem they solve is preserving that. And so think about how that makes their life better. And then what do they need to do to buy? So those three things should be prominent. You know, what you offer should be, you know, we'll talk about that, you know, somewhere near the header. And then what do you need to buy it? You need a buy now button or a book now or something that's going to be prominent on your website so they know or or whatever you want them to do. And then the copy should be talked about, you know, why, you know, why, why they should want to do that. And that's the next one is your copy addressing the core problem you're trying to solve. So if you think about what what problem they are trying to solve, you you might talk about that on your website, you know. They grow up so quickly, you know, before you know it, they'll be asking for the keys to drive and you you will miss these days. Do you have anything to help you remember these days? You know, something that talks about the core problem they're trying to solve or better yet. Um, uh, so food photography, I do I have a food photography gig. And, and so for a restaurant owner, you know, we're, we're trying to get you more customers. We're trying to showcase your food in a way that is 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 um, so irresistible that people want you know want to come to your restaurant they want to order they want to buy and so think about the core problem you're trying to solve and then are you amplifying that you, you know a lot of us we think just saying that is enough and um there is a a, a copywriter um who who talks about amplifying it um I, i'm blanking out in his name right now but he, he came up with the, the, what's called the pastor method ray edward ray edwards and he says, it's not enough to talk about the problem. You have to really amplify. You have to, as he said, you have to show them the heaven if you do and the hell if you don't. You know, paint a picture of what it's like when they solve the problem with you, with, with your pictures and your product. And the hell if you don't. You, do you really want to have the conversation with that 18-year-old telling them that you didn't take any pictures of them when they were a baby? Well, the heaven if you do. Imagine how beautiful it is when you can go back and look at those pictures when they've left the home. Those kinds of uh, things you, you'll want to talk about to help you there. And then what's your secret sauce? What makes you different? And, you know, you don't have to, to overthink this. You know, a lot of times people like, oh, I don't know what differentiates me. But 
a lot of it sometimes goes back to that affinity networking group. When you're selling to them, the fact that you're a part of them is can be a differentiator. Um, your niche makes you, if if you have one, and I would argue that you should, that could also um, make you, uh, you know, a good differentiator. And then a combination of all those things together, creating a, that personal brand makes you a uh, a good differentiator. So think about that. What makes you different? Often it's just your personality. You know, my buddy, um, I have a buddy, Ron Pollard, who's a a great photographer. And uh, he is, one of the things he does really well is he shows videos of him and his clients after the shoot, where he's talk, tell me about the shoot and they talk about the shoot together and he shows them shooting. And he, what he shows in those videos, and I told him, I, I don't even know if he, if he planned it this way, but he shows the experience that with him is going to be, is always fun. You know, when you see people working with him, they are always having fun. They're laughing. They're having a good time. And I, and I think, oh my goodness, if, you know, if, especially if you are, you think, oh my photography makes me uncomfortable when I think about it. And I, I hate how I look. And then you see these videos and everyone he shows is having such a good time. You think, well, you know, that can be a secret sauce. That can be something that you know, differentiates you in a way that attracts a client. Can I recommend a logo designer? Um, man, there are a million of them on the website. If you go to, I think, 99designs, they will have uh, 99, you know, they'll have, they'll send it out to a lot of different designers and they'll have all create options for you and you get to pick the one you like the best. I mean, that's one way of doing it. You can go to Fiverr, find logo designers there. You know, I, I I don't I wouldn't put a whole lot of money and effort into a logo, quite honestly. You know, the kind of thing I do is just go to Canva and I create a stylized version of my name and then save it as a logo. The other thing you could do is go to photologo.com, especially for photographers. You get your name written in a logo, you know, in a really artistic cursive that you can use as a logo so you know those are a few options for you but if i was starting out i wouldn't spend a lot of time worrying about the logo the logo won't get you the sale um it you know what you all these other things you do will help you more with retention and attracting them and uh, the logo is a nice to have but it's on the hierarchy of needs i think it's it's a higher. I, I wouldn't pay a lot of money for it, is, is, I guess is what I'm saying. So I hope that answers your question. Um, and then your value proposition, you know, why, you know, why you and, you know, and then this is where you start talking about cost. And, and, and you have to, when you talk about cost, position it in a way um, that makes it a value, value, uh, valuable for them. Like, um, and, and a lot of this is just what they call showing contrast. Like, you know, there are ways to solve this problem that would cost you a lot more money than coming to me. And, and then you can position against that, depending on you know, where you want your, your, your product to show up. And then we talked about regular content uh, they, that brings them to the site and that keeps them there as they are reading um, more and more about your business. So, what kept in there is, um, you know, with the 10 second test, um, the three things that they want to know right away, 
you know, what do you sell? Is it going to make my life better? And how do I buy it? And copy that addresses the core reason that they brought them there and then amplifying it. And then what makes you different? And then the value proposition. And you do all that with regular content. So that's how you keep them there. And then what made you act your conversion? You know, I, I say you should invest in a good copywriter if you're not a writer, because the words, more than anything else, facilitate the sale. I mean, the pictures are great. We'll all we'll look at pictures all day, but something that says stop and buy, um, you do that with, with great copy. Um, you want to have you want to have a reason for them to share their information with you when they come to your website. You've all been to websites when there's been either a pop-up or something that they uh, you you they want to get that you say you can have this in exchange for your name and, and email. You want something like that on your website because you can't trust that they'll come back when you're ready for them to come back. So you need to get information from them so that when you when you are ready to you know say okay I have a graduation sale I want to do a sweet sweet six sweet 16 or seniors sale that that you can then reach out to them and and nothing delivers messages as reliable as as email so something that helps you get that and then you want two or three emails after they sign up that help that you know talks about you talks about you know some of your background just in, in short emails that they call it a nurture sequence. Usually, in three to four emails, you talk, you you send them follow up emails that that tell them more about you and help warm them up for a potential sale. the The page on your site that people that is the most underappreciated but does most of the work for you is your about page. Once someone does looks at your site and they see, I like what I see there. I'm thinking about working with this person. The next place they go is to your About Me page. And so that page is an opportunity for you to reinforce your message and, and continue the selling process. So, you know, that's where in addition to, oops, that's not what I wanted to say. Oh, yeah, you show your face and tell your story. You know, you are you are the business as a, as a creative. So you are making sure that you um, are are on stage there, and you want to tell them more about you. You want to ask again for that lead magnet to, to get their information from them, and you want to you know give them something to do from that from that about page. Don't just tell about yourself. Use that about page as a way, another place to either facilitate the sale or get their information. Okay, so don't neglect the about page or take it. And then the the, the social signals we all know know what that is right that's when we that's when we um we post our our testimonials we post logos of companies we've worked for places that interviewed us because when people i don't know about you but i i i, I find someone who has a solution that i'd like the next thing i do is look for you know reviews like has anybody have they done this i want to know that they have done what they're selling before successfully, and have they done it for people like me? These are the questions people are usually asking, and that's what those social signals will do. And then next, a risk reversal. I'm speeding up now, but the risk reversal is when you see people have like a a a 100% guarantee, no risk, 
you know, everyone has a guarantee. And what and what they you know, what you find is that if you have a really generous risk reversal or guarantee, it does more to seal the deal for you than anything else. Um, for those of you who knew when I had my photo tour company, I used I had a thing on my front page that said, if you don't like this workshop, not only will I give you your money back, but I'll give you an extra an extra 20 bucks for your problems. Now, most people see them see that and they think, whoa, that's a risk. I don't want to, you know, you know, people will just take the money and run. And in seven years of running that business, only one person ever asked for their money back plus that 20 bucks. And honestly, I think he was just trying to test me to see if I would actually do it because, you know, he came back and took another class. So, you know, what do you know from that? But, but for most people, but I heard from more people that that generous offer of not only my your money back, but your money back plus 20 bucks. A lot of people said, you know, that that's what sealed the deal for me. I thought, well, if you can do all that, then it's worth, you know, taking a taking a try and taking a risk. So look for really generous ways of saying, you know what, there is no risk to you in doing business with me. And then a clear call to action. You got to, you have to tell them what you want them to do next. You cannot leave it to chance that they know that they're supposed to book a book a call with you next or look at my calendar and, and find a date or buy from this button right here. Um, you know, and, and Don Miller in his story brand framework talked about showing them a plan, you know, um, so that they don't think that, you know, doing work might be complicated. It might be complicated to come on board and do work with this guy. So, so, you know, he gives them the three steps, you know, book a call. We agree on what you want. I do the work you take, you know, you, and, and then that's it. And so, more than just a clear call to action, a plan of action, according to him, is what you will have. And then, of course, I talked before about having your content info prominently displayed on every page. When someone decides they want to do business with you, don't make them work to do it. Don't make anyone work to give you their money. <laughs> that's, my, that's my philosophy. If you decide you want to work with me, that should be the hardest decision that you make because everything else should be easy at that point to bring you on board. Make sure that your contact info, whatever you need them to do is prominently displayed on every page where they might be making a decision. And of course, content, 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 because that's a theme if you haven't figured that out yet. So remember the word sell, the lead generation gets their info, begins a relationship, emails nurture that relationship. The about page tells your story, social signals tell them, okay, this guy might be a worth working with because they have done work with people like me or risk reversal, meaning there's, you know, there's really no risk for me to do. And then clear call of action, tell them what to do, preferably with a deadline. And that usually comes in the email, act now. Um, you want whatever your promo to be to have a deadline because you don't want to give, want to give people an opportunity to go, I'll do it later. Uh, contact information to find you. Okay. So there it is. You know, the, the ingredients that lead to a sale, and you can engineer your website by thinking about what brought them there, what kept them there, and what made them act. Thanks again for spending some time with me at the Personal Branding with Lynn podcast. I hope that was helpful for you as we went in all things 
websites today. And uh, remember to download the checklist and uh, run it against your own website to see if you are passing the 10 second test. That's 10 second one zero second checklist dot com and see how you are stacking up. Let me know when you find out. All right. So thank you again for hanging out with me. I'll be back again later this week with another episode for my photographer friends who are trying to use your personal brands to help you stand out, tell your unique story and sell with confidence. I'll talk to you later this week. Take care.